least in your inner monologue, you should say to the reader, hmm, I don't think Campbell likes me, but I don't care. No, Campbell wants me to be a part of her friendship group. No, she doesn't. Campbell don't want you. She asked me to do flower bed out front. <laughs> she must okay. want me to be her best friend. No, she don't. But you can figure out a facial feature and exactly what they feel and mean at that. Okay. Welcome to the Novel Universe with your hostesses, Ashley and Dawn. We rate and review the newest and most buzzworthy books. We are true book club girls who don't always agree, but do enjoy a good book discussion. I'm Ashley, the fantasy architect. And I'm Dawn, the criticizer of books. Grab your favorite beverage and come and enjoy our universe. Hey guys, welcome back to the Novel Universe with your hostesses, Ashley and Dawn. Today we are going to be discussing The Wife Upstairs by Rachel Hawkins. And we are going to split this up into two different segments in our recording. So the first part is going to be spoiler-free if you have not read it. And if you have read it, please join us for the spoiler edition, which we will discuss when we tell you when that happens. So without further ado, Don, what did you rate this book? I gave it a two. Yeah, I did not enjoy this book at all. I didn't like it. Okay. 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 And... I don't know what that face means. What did you give it? <laughs> oh, no. Um, so I gave it a 3 to 3.5. Okay. And the reason being is because I just read Jane Eyre, like, last year. So this whole concept of the modern-day telling of Jane Eyre, I was very much aware of it. So going into reading this, I was like, oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. All right. You know, but it was kind of nice to... To see it in a modern day telling because Jane Eyre is so dense and depressing and sad and there's not a lot of happy moments in that book. It's just constantly like, we are trudging along, trying to do something for ourselves. Okay, I've got money now because I'm marrying into this, but hold up, what's happening over here? You know, so I did enjoy that aspect of this book. So... If you guys don't know, The Wife Upstairs is, like I said, it's a modern-day retelling of Jane Eyre. So we follow our character, Jane. It's not her real name, but she goes by Jane for some particular reasons. Um, She comes from nothing, moves to Alabama. She's trying to make a name for herself to escape a past that obviously is bad, and we don't know what it is. So, of course, you find out what it is later. But Jane takes up an easy job walking dogs in a really ritzy neighborhood and of course she finds a sexy widower mr eddie and is like well i can get him to fall for me then maybe i could start to really escape from my past and gain some status in this world that i have just fought for decades you know she's basically trying to better her status in life so she moves into Eddie's house and, you know, lo and behold, she learns that, oh, there has been a murder <laughs> regarding two of the elite women in this society, if you will. And so things aren't as they seem. So, but hence, hence the title, The Wife Upstairs. Yeah. Come on now. You know, she ain't dead. <laughs> you know it by the title. <laughs> so... Yeah, let's see. What was our first dislike, Don? I was not thrilled, nor on the edge of my seat at any time. If your book is a thriller, I better be thrilled. I wasn't thrilled, therefore, that's a big no-no. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I asked, my my first one is, I, I wish there would have been more. There could have been a way better twist that has you gripping on the end of your seat and you're just like oh I want to know what happens like you obviously know she's still alive but how is she still alive or is her spirit haunting the house like what's going on and it was just it was too simple like Mm -hmm. uh but I was really hoping that there was going to be more of a on the edge of my seat type of a thing because of the fact that when we were getting descriptions about where we're at or whatever it was very simple very 
very simple. And it was just like, oh, yeah, you know, there's two trees over there and there's lights strung through it. And you're like, okay, I guess I got it. Like, it wasn't very descriptive at all, which it could work and could not work at the same time. I know some people enjoy stuff like that where they're not like totally immersed in uh, setting and backgrounds and whatever. But I don't know. I was just like, okay, so I feel like we're just like writing on a text, like moving over here and now I'm moving over there and then we're going over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I agree. That's another one of yours. Um, I thought the pacing was too fast. There was, this book is only like 300 and something pages. Well, it might be close to four, but it it's so fast that it doesn't give the reader time to get to know anyone or get invested into anything. Like there was, I don't want to say too much because it's a spoiler, but um, what's her name? Jane. It's just, I don't know. I'm, I'll say before the spoiler, but the pacing was just too fast for me. I'll just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my next one is this story moved at a crazy fast pace. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, we are we are going. Yeah. This is happening. Okay. And it, it did that the whole entire time. Uh, so, of course, if you don't enjoy that at all and you're looking for uh, reasons as to why the author is putting things in, plot holes. There's definitely some plot holes a little bit in here, too, where I was like, oh, what happened over there? Um, um, you you know, like it just had me asking those questions. Like, I don't feel like everything that I gained in my reading was satisfied. Uh, I think something that I wish would have happened more, and this is more towards the end of the book, which I won't give out names or whatever. I feel like we lose characters. Like all of a sudden, everybody's just kind of out of the story. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, okay, we spent all this time interacting with a bunch of people from the neighborhood and people from Jane's past and Eddie's past. And it's like, where did they all go? Like, I don't, I don't know what happened to them. Yeah. So huge hole over there. Um, I wasn't okay with Jane's backstory. I don't think that it was as crazy intense as the author makes it seem as to why she can't use her name uh, and why she's running away. I just didn't feel that it had that depth. I was kind of like, uh, all right, well, I guess that's, that, that is a reason. Yeah. But I didn't really see why someone is following her and like checking up on her as much. I don't know. Like it, we can talk about it more in the spoiler, but that was something that I was like, okay. Yeah. It <laughs> I was- guess I'm okay with it was it was very anticlimactic and that was one of the things that's is supposed to grip you with this book is her mysterious backstory but then when you figure out what it is you're like that's it mm-hmm. okay yeah mm-hmm. I did not think any of the characters were good or interesting the only one that I thought was remotely interesting was Jane and that was because of her mysterious backstory in the beginning I think that Hawkins tried to make her as critical as she possibly could. There were moments where she wasn't. There were moments that she was. But at least there was something there. Whereas B also was a little critical. We can go into the characters in the spoiler edition. But none. Eddie was a, a wet noodle. He was a snooze. He was terrible. And like you said, the other ladies in the neighborhood, I don't even remember any of their names. The only name I remember is Campbell because I thought that was a cool name. But none of them added anything to the story. It was just really bad characters. And for this book to be a character-driven book, you need to have interesting characters. Just wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. I literally wrote down, uh, I did not like Jane and Eddie's relationship. I constantly was, like, shouting out loud, are you dumb? Are you stupid? Like, how do you not know what's happened here? Why would you walk into a man's house that you have known for a total of one minute for coffee? And now you're just hanging out. I don't understand that. When you know that something kind of happened in the neighborhood regarding this man. 
I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. I literally was like, stranger danger. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could kind of see why she did that because she needed to get out of that house with John. She wanted to be in that neighborhood so badly. And she finally gets her opening. She's going to make it work. She's just going to make it work. So I can kind of see why she did that. It still didn't make it good, but I could see why. No. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It was not good. I did not like it. I literally was like, you're stupid. You're stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What was something else you didn't like? I didn't like the writing execution. And I think that's ultimately why this book just did not work for me. I don't think Hawkins knows how to write a thriller. I know that's bad, but eh, like there are, there are, and I don't read a lot of thrillers, but I know a good thriller when I read it. And there are just some notes that she just did not hit at all. And one of them being that all of these characters are unreliable narrators, but at no time were there any peaks and valleys to their character? It's like when you have an unreliable narrator or a thriller, characters in a thriller, we should at some point be like rooting for them. Like, oh my God, their backstory is tragic. I understand why they're behaving this way. And then and then yep. in another instant, we should be like, oh, she's not stable. He's not stable. They're totally guilty. And then mm-hmm. in the next one, we should be like, oh no, they're not guilty. So, you know, like Gone Girl, like that main character, you didn't know what was up and what was down. It kept changing. Mm-hmm. But these characters yep. were completely flat. And yep. So it made I it not agree really. That. It made you not like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was a little disappointed because of the fact that, you know, we're trying a new genre for us on our podcast here. And so it was like I was really excited to jump into more of the, uh, like, Girl on the Train style thriller. Mm-hmm. Like, I was on the edge of my seat the whole entire time reading that book. And I was like, did she do it? Mm -hmm. Did he do it? You don't know. You like don't. And there were so many different things adding to it and their development of their characters. And it's like with this one, I'm like, okay. Okay. Like it was, you know, it was fast paced. I will give the book that, but the depth was not there. Yeah. It was not there to make it even better. Like it could have been outstanding. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that it's a modern day telling about Jane Eyre, but <sighs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> do, you, do you have any other dislikes? Oh, I got several. Um, oh. I felt like it barely passed the Bechdel test. If you don't know what that means, it's when two women are not talking about anything but men. So if you have a book where the women don't talk about anything but men, it doesn't pass the Bechdel test. This barely does. Uh, I didn't like the ending. I did not read Jane Eyre, but I did do some research on it and what the book was about. So I do know that there are some similarities, but I just didn't think it fit this book. I didn't quite understand what Hawkins was doing with the italicized part. Was that B writing her story? Was that just a way to tell the reader B's backstory? Like, I don't, was that just a way to separate this is, this is a backstory. This is present day. I don't, I don't know what that was. Do you know what that was? I think it was exactly how you explained it. It was just to separate that, like, we're going kind of like back into a daydream, if you will, like a past, uh, a past remembrance because it would happen at random moments where I was like, okay, is B yeah. writing? And I say this because there's a reason why like, I'm alluding to B writing about something, but it, it wasn't consistent because there, yeah. Cause there were moments where B was writing and there were moments where it was like a blast from the past to kind of give us the backstories. But because the script was the same, you didn't know. <laughs> I guess yeah. I don't know. I mean, I knew when we were going to backstory or flashback or whatever, but I just didn't feel like that was the best way to do that. I feel like there are other ways to do that. I don't, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, the last thing that bothered me is, and I have a little, a little homage is all the drinking. 
And therefore, I feel like I should be drinking, even though it's one o'clock on a Sunday. I don't care. Uh, Super Bowl. It's Super Bowl oh. Sunday. Everyone's drinking. And uh, I don't understand what the author was trying to say with all the drinking. Like, I don't I don't feel like she was saying anything but that wealthy people drink a lot. Poor people drink a lot. Okay. And and what? And now what what is she trying to say with that? It was a lot of drinking in this book and it wasn't substantive. I don't think I said that right, but you know what I mean. It wasn't it didn't do anything to the story. It was repetitive. Yeah. It was repetitive. Like I okay. Like they're drinking again. Okay. They're drinking again. A lot okay. of people are drunks. And but it's well, like it's like the people of Thornhill. Is that the name? Thornhill? Thornridge? Thornfield. 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 <laughs> the people of Thornfield are like, they all drink a lot. Not all of them, but a lot of them drink a lot. And she mentioned that there was alcohol at their party. A lot of people have alcohol at parties. So what? And then B's part of alcoholism. And it's just like, everyone's just drinking all the time. But, and, and, and that's fine to have it included in your book, but the author didn't seem to be saying anything about it. It was just there. She wasn't really making a point. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I think we can talk about it more in the spoiler edition because things okay. that I want to say okay. regarding that could be spoilers. Okay. Those are all my dislikes. That was a lot. Yeah, I have some more, but they're kind of spoilers, so I'm not going to state the rest of them that I have. My little nitpicks. Okay. <laughs> John called them. All right. Well, let's move into some likes. I'll start. Okay. I love the change of genre for us. That was kind of a nice break. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, like, yes, it wasn't done well. It was, like, in my opinion, I thought it was okay, but I've read better. I'm not, I wasn't as harsh as Dawn <laughs> with my rating. <laughs> I'm being generous with my two, by the way. And you know why I'm being generous? Because I liked it more than lore. Lore is kind of the litmus test. If I liked it more than lore, I can't give it less than a two. But because I didn't like it less than lore, I couldn't go lower. So I don't know if I need to lower my rating of lore to kind of decrease that threshold or what. But yeah. <laughs> I like the idea of this book, but the execution was just not there. Um, yeah. That's one of my likes. Yeah, I, let's see. I like that Jane had this weird kleptomaniac, like, tendencies. I was really like, okay, what is that about? What is, what is that about? Like, and I thought that it would relate more to her backstory, and it kind of did and didn't. But I like the fact that she had a problem. Yeah. Even when she was given money to be able to afford for something like that for herself. She still was like, I really want that, that bracelet, for example, I'm just going to take it off her brace off of her arm. Well, no, I could go buy it. Like I have money to do that, but she still ended up stealing, you know, whatever it was. She was, uh, coveting and wanting and just wanting what these people have. And she does not. Yeah. That part I did like because I was like, okay, you have a problem. You're not this like, well, with me, girl, I don't have anything. I was like, you really are like, she's trying to adapt to life right now. Yeah. And I don't, I like that about her. I thought that that was probably one of, and this is what I was saying that Jane was better developed than everybody else. And this was one of the, one of the reasons why. So she, like you said, she was, she was a klepto. And then she would have these moments of, like you said, she can afford it. I don't have to do that. So I liked hearing her, her, um, inner monologue thinking like, Oh my God, why do I still covet these things? I miss, it's like, she was almost missing something, even though she had everything, she was still missing something because she still wanted to do this. And then when it was a moment at the end of the book where she wasn't happy anymore, she started doing it again. So it was almost as if I'm not happy anymore. And she just kind of reverted, even though she has everything, she's not happy. So I did, I did, I agree with you. I did like that part of her and her character. I really did. I was like, ooh. Yeah. 
finally a character that's not perfect. <laughs> they have flaws. <laughs> Uh, one thing I think that Hawkins did try to do, and I think she did it successfully, was comparing B to Jane. Uh, B was she was a multimillionaire, but they both had similar. They didn't have similar backgrounds, but they had a, not a great childhood. I'm not gonna. I don't want to say too much because of spoilers, but they did have a lot of comparisons, and it was clear what Hawkins was doing. She was comparing yeah. these two ladies, and I thought she did it successfully. I thought it landed. No, I, there's one part in the book where we experience the relationship of like how we're seeing both B and Jane, and I loved it. I loved it so much. I was like, yes! <laughs> um, and we can talk about it more in the spoilers with that part, but yeah. it was something along the lines where like Don and I are always like, just kill him! Just kill him already! <laughs> Um, okay, there was another. I liked the fact that there were, like I said, the Jane Eyre uh, similarities, and uh, there were some things that did happen that I was like, oh, that happens in Jane Eyre. Like, with the wife being, like, still being inside of the home, and you're like, okay, well, how is she still there? How, like, what's going on? How come everybody knows about it, and I don't know about it? I did like that part. Uh, I loved that I didn't, I didn't know what happened to the wives that disappeared, if you will. I thought everybody was a suspect. Okay. In certain moments, I was like, ooh, okay. Okay. You know, and then when we started to learn a little bit more, I was like, man. (laughs) I didn't see that, but I liked the struggle between uh, Bay and Blanche. Blanche is Bay's best friend, and she is one of them that uh, gets murdered. And so we don't know like what happened between the both of them. Uh, and I really liked that their relationship together because I was like, oh. I thought that that had way more depth than some of what we were reading between like the women that lived in the neighborhood and all the other stuff like that. Yeah. But there I also, was a motive. Yeah. I also think that that was, that was a dislike for me. I didn't, I was going to save it for the spoiler, but I like that oh. the introduction of their relationship be and Blanche, but I don't think she did enough with it. If she didn't go enough okay. into their friendship and I wanted more of that and I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked I like the potential. Once again, I'm going back to the Jane character because that's the only character I felt was really developed. I like the potential (laughs) of critique, criticism through the Jane character and how she was very envious of Thornhill. I thought there that, well, I think there could be a lot of discussion about her envy of these ladies and how she tried to fit in with them. And I liked how um, at one point, she was she said that she saw being engaged as a game instead of it being about love she was like oh i feel like she's like i'm excited about this ring but it feel like it's more of like i'm winning not so much love but winning i thought that was a really good source of discussion that you could really pick that apart so there were moments mm-hmm. of critic of critique in this book she had pockets but it just was not good enough unfortunately yeah, it was just very surfacey, and then all of a sudden we would go deep a little bit, and then I was like, okay, yeah, 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 and then it would stop, and I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, and then it would happen again, so it's like, she's, I feel like Hawkins is like, she's so close, mm-hmm. she's she's got the general idea as to how to write a mystery thriller, if you will, maybe the next one will be a little bit more in depth. I think she writes some, hasn't she written some YA books, this right? Is her, the, this is her adult the Rebel debut. Ben series. Yeah, this is her adult debut. I'm not quite sure why she saying. went. Yeah, it, her, her books are not the most popular books. Like, I don't even think mm-hmm. I have any of them in my library collection, my work library. I'm a teen librarian, so I don't know if I even have any of her books. I might have Rebel Bell because of the cover. Our teens, mm-hmm. my teens, like, good covers and that's a good cover but 
I love good covers. Yeah. <laughs> Ashley's all about good covers. <laughs> I mean, it, I think you could you you could tell that she is trying to step out of something a little bit abnormal for her. So I applaud her for trying to, but there were moments that I was like, this doesn't seem adulty that much because it was so quickly paced. I was like, this reminds me of a YA book in some aspects. Okay. And I was like, but it's an adult book. Why am I enjoying the pace of an adult book when I usually am like really kind of trudging through a little bit Mm -hmm. more? And this wasn't like it. I mean, I, Blew through this book. You're like, why am I enjoying the pacing of this adult book? <laughs> oh, because I read I, YA a lot. That's funny. <laughs> I should not be enjoying yeah. the pacing of this adult book. <laughs> <laughs> this is usually Ashley's problem with adult books. I'm usually like, it's so Yeah. That's why I was like, hmm. Maybe there's a reason why. I'm <laughs> like, I don't know. I know it's not because I've read Jane Eyre. This is probably something else. <laughs> so that's all I had for my likes without going into spoilers. too many spoilers. I did have or spoiler. one, maybe, and these aren't like huge likes. They're just like little observances that I noticed. I thought it was really funny mm-hmm. that she was so poor. She couldn't afford creamer in her coffee. I love that example of how poor she was. Because if you didn't know, well, there you know, there you go. She couldn't afford. She could. She could only afford black coffee. That's how poor she was. So I I liked that. And then Uh I got a little triggered, if you will, when she says, um, she says that Jane's town. So Jane lives in Center Point or something like that, or whatever her little town is, her little crappy town. And she says, "We have the pig, and not Whole Foods or Trader Joe's." And it's funny uh-huh. because Ashley and I live in a town where there's the pig, Piggly Wiggly. The pig. And we don't have Whole Foods. The and we don't have Trader Joe's. As a matter of fact, those grocery stores are like 45 minutes away from us. It's so funny. They are. And they're so flippin' expensive. <laughs> well, Trader Joe's is not expensive. I think Trader Joe's is supposed to be a, um, uh, a hipster Aldi. That's how I've heard it being described as. Yep. Very much so. I love Trader Joe's. I wish it was closer, but I don't know. I just I thought do. it was funny that she was like, and she called yeah, it the pig. I was like, oh, hell no. She has the <laughs> Not Piggly Wiggly. It's called the, the pig. pig. <laughs> it, it, only people who have the pig in their town knows what that is. And we have the pig. And that's hilarious. <laughs> you shot the pig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Piggly yeah, Wiggly Shop the pig Shop the pig <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the life in the suburbs over here. <sighs> We're far out from the city suburbs Yeah Just Keep going <laughs> Yeah but I love the fact that she does have those multiple moments Where she's like Oh you know I bet you Trader, uh, Trader Joe's or Whole Foods has it They gotta have an aisle for that <laughs> Yeah. I don't even think I've ever shopped in Whole Foods. I think I, I went have. one time to use the phone. I've never even shopped in Whole Foods. And it's, it's not because uh, I can't. It's just because I just, I mean, I went, I mean, Trader Joe's is across the street from Whole Foods. So I could go. I've been to Trader Joe's. That's 45 minutes away from our house. But I don't know. I just, I just never had the desire to go in. So I don't know. You need to know what you're shopping for. Cause lots of things are all organic, natural, Okay. They don't have your modern day brands that you look for at the pig. <laughs> I don't shop at the pig. Shop at the pig. Or at Jewel or Aldi yeah. or Walmart. Walmart. <laughs> yeah. That's all I had. Okay, guys. Uh, uh, so if you have not read The Wife Upstairs, please hop out now and then come back when you are ready to hear spoilers. Or if you just like spoil of, spoiling a book, you can just hang out with us for a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. But we are going to be spoiling this book in five, four, three, two, one. <sighs> Where to start? Okay. My first thing that I want to talk about... <laughs> In this book, is how 
does she not see that Eddie is disappearing in this ginormous house? Eddie disappears all the time while she is there, Miss Jane. Okay, there's food missing, and he's constantly disappearing and going somewhere. Is the house that big? Like, when I think about it, I'm like, is it is it like a mansion? And it's got multiple levels? How does he not... How does she not hear him, like, moving about the house? You know, and you can yeah. only hear the thudding in one specific spot of the house. I don't know. It was just like, do you... And you could tell, obviously, she doesn't have an emotional attachment to this dude, right? Like, yeah. she does and she doesn't. So maybe it's because she was that clueless. But you know what? Here, and I have something to say about the cluelessness of this girl, but I didn't even think about that. Now that you mentioned it, it's like, duh. Like, he he was going up to see Homegirl. How does she not know? She knew when he was at work or wherever he was, supposedly. But how does she yep. not know he was in the house and disappearing in the house? Like, like you said, this house must be huge for her to not... Because she didn't exactly. go anywhere. She didn't go anywhere. So and he was always like, where are you at? What are you doing? Yeah. Every time. Yeah. That's... He must put it on her phone. That is all I have to say. This dude. That's a good point. Uh, I was just... Or along the lines of... What did you say? <laughs> of, her, of her being clueless. And this is what I felt was uneven about this girl. This was one of the most intuitive girls I have ever seen in my life. This girl, Uh there was one point where she could look at someone's facial expression and she knew immediately what they were thinking. I was like, this girl needs to be a police officer who specializes in facial Mm -hmm. expressions because she is on point. And then she would recognize mm-hmm. when, like, Eddie was angry because he would tense up or, like, she could see his Adam's apple bob or, like, she was just super intuitive. But she couldn't see that some of the ladies of Thornfield did not want her in their group. It was just, like, totally over her head. Uh-huh. Totally. I'm like, uh-huh. this is not, you, you can't be delusional and intuitive. Like, I understand you want to be part of Thornhill, whatever, so badly that you're just going to ignore stuff but at least in your inner monologue you should say to the reader hmm i don't think campbell likes me but i don't care no campbell wants me to be a part of her friendship group no she don't campbell don't want you she's asking to do flower bed out front <laughs> she must okay. want me to be her best friend no she don't but you can figure out a facial feature and exactly what they feel and mean at that okay Yep. And that was something that I, like I talked about in the spoiler free part, I had multiple moments where I was like, are you stupid? Yeah. Because you just made it out like you were very smart. Obviously, you have to fend for yourself. You were in foster care with a family that did not take care of you well enough. And you watched your best friend like a sister die next to you because they would not listen. Okay. You have had grown up moments. And then stuff like this happens, I'm like, uh, this is not, you know, this, there, there's no continuity with your character here. And it, because it would be for like a brief moment. And I'm like, okay, but what happened to the smart Jane that we all know? Like, she was digging to find out if Eddie actually did it. And she knew that he did it, that he was a part of the murder, right? But in all reality, even when we meet, Bay, you know, and she's alive and well, like we all thought and knew. She sees that Bay's lying to her, like sitting across from her when they're sharing a drink. Literally, she's like, and she's going to tell me this, but I can literally see on her face that that is not what's happening here. Mm-hmm. I know she did X, Y, and Z. I'm like, okay. Okay. I. That made me upset. It made me upset. Yeah. Because I liked Jane. I liked Jane enough to be like, okay, what is what is really going on with her? I did not like Eddie. I thought Eddie was stupid. I thought he lacked a backstory oh. so much. Oh, yeah. Okay. 
And even when we get the inner uh, monologue where, you know, it switches to Eddie's voice and we're like, okay, like what's really going on? I was like, so you're just a front loader. Like you just hanging out with whoever is going to get you a little bit further than the next one. Mm-hmm. Is that it? He's just a fuck boy. That's it. You know, and like the whole reason as to why B doesn't get turned in. That makes I'm like really it's because you're that madly in love with her that you want to just keep her safe. Well, how is she gonna be able to be safe in a world where she's killed her best friend? Hello. Hello. I don't know. His whole character was just jacked up from jump. Is yeah. He was he was yeah. pointless and okay. Look, I'll say my little part about him. He. Um, and this is to do with the writing style. And so I was like, it's not thrilling. And it's because I just don't think Hawkins is ready to write a thriller. It's, mm-hmm. we don't, we have to get to know these characters through other people, especially since Eddie doesn't have his own chapter until the very end. So yes, we see him getting angry at Jane. And then we see this weird behavior with him and B, which I didn't understand. Like, like that whole we'll talk about that separately because that whole thing was just stupid mm-hmm. but through mm-hmm. the ladies of Thornhill Thornfield we didn't really get to know like they told one story about some anniversary party where I can't remember which one of them got angry and then Trip was just like don't trust him girl and that's it you can't expect a reader to get a sense of a character or to feel threatened by a character because of one conversation or one instance that two characters say and then uh-huh. he, um, so then um, there are some inconsistencies because there was a moment and I thought that she, I thought Hawkins was starting off here, jumping off, where he confronts Jane's roommate, John, because John is creepy. And we just see through Jane's eyes where he like, they're like really close and he seems kind of threatening to John. And then John kind of gets freaked out and backs up and falls and everything. And so to the reader, that's like, oh my God, he's threatened him. That's that's aggressive whatever but then john proceeds to blackmail both of them he must not have been too scary that doesn't make any sense why is john not threatened enough to not he blackmailed eddie too i'm like i don't so that's inconsistent he's not a threatening guy when him and jane were like having these moments where he seemed like he was going to like hurt her or be just just have a threatening demeanor Never, never did that. He was just never threatening at all. And I think it's because he wasn't the killer. Ultimately, he wasn't the killer. So I don't know if Hawkins didn't know how to write him as not being the killer, not wanting to lead the reader to that direction. I don't I don't understand why Eddie was not a threatening character. I don't when he should have been. Yeah, and he was set up to be yeah. as well. Like, yeah. I, I, I was waiting for him to explode, and it it never happened. It never happened. And so it was kind of disappointing because I was like, you're trying to make him out to be this bad guy. And I'm like, in my brain, I'm like, okay, is he, like, embezzling the money from, you know, Southern Manor's company, which is him or Bay's, like, uh, whole entire net worth, right? Like, so there's their whole entire livelihood in this company so I'm like okay did he try to keep her quiet so then that way he could like steal the money and because he's always wanted money so him and Jane are very similar in that aspect because they're like free learning off of other people I don't know so it's like he's set up to be this twisted conniving man and there are these moments where he threatens John and you're like is he gonna like beat him up did he tell him that he's gonna like send somebody to get him I don't know like but it doesn't fall there. There's no follow through. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, then he loses his weight of being the person who did it. Cause now you're like, okay, was it really Eddie or is he covering up for his wife? Cause he's scared of her. And I think that's what it is. Like he's scared of B or Bay. However you want to call her B Bay. I was calling her B because of the actress B Arthur. That's how she says her name. So I was just calling her B. Ah. Uh, well, yeah. I was like, okay, well, her real name is Bertha. <laughs> this whole thing with the real names. I know. Helen, 
I feel bad for anyone named Helena birthday. They just made your name sound like a piece of crap. See, there was there something else. Uh, okay, when we learn about this whole reason as to why this rivalry started between Blanche and B, I was very intrigued with that because mm-hmm. it's like your classic best friend relationship that you've kind of you've come out of a really bad household situation. You're trying to make a name for yourself yet again. Someone takes you under your wing. And so you start to idolize your new best friend. Like you want everything that they have and you want to kind of just immerse yourself in that. And that's what happens with B's like whole entire enterprise of Southern Mare. She copied everything Mm -hmm. from Blanche's family everything and i'm like how did that not get pointed out earlier and maybe it was because blanche and be kind of separated for that moment you know after college where they're like okay we're at two different colleges now i'm doing this and you're doing that we need to be separate and how b was like freaking out right that she was no longer going to be attached to blanche anymore now she has to stand alone how is she going to survive that i loved that part yeah because in that moment B has to make a choice on if she's going to suck it up, buttercup, and make a life for yourself that you really want, or are you going to follow in your best friend's footsteps for the rest of your life? And in reality, is she does grow up into this ginormous enterprise, but she has stolen everything from her best friend's family, this, all these ideas and concepts and just her design and whatever, and it's like, okay, are you even unique in your own self now? Mm-hmm. You know, and so, like, I I really liked that this was the problem between both of them. It's like, okay, well, you've stolen everything that I do. And then there's that one moment where she is super witchy towards her about the bracelets. You remember? Yeah. Where she's like, they, they go out to dinner yeah, because husbands are or wives are having problem with husbands, which is it's Trip and Blanche, you know, they're having issues. And she sees that Blanche is wearing Kate Spade jewelry. And he goes, girl, I could have given you some new bangles if you were some new bangles. And I'm like, how low and judgy can you be? And Kate Spade is great. I love Kate Spade. I was dying because this is like the depth now that B has gone. Like she's like, now she's wanting to control what Blanche does and, like, make sure that she's supporting her and whatever. And Blanche is still like, nope, I want to be separate from you. I'm going to be my own person. Like, yes, I know I have credit card debt. Yes, I know like that my husband and I aren't perfect like you and your husband, but I'm going to still continue to be me or whatever. And, yeah, this is not good. <laughs> yeah. And I wanted more of that because that was ultimately B's motive for killing Blanche. Mm-hmm. Well, part of it, anyway. So I did want to see more of B's kind of descent into madness as for um, envy of Blanche a little bit. We didn't really get it. We got, like, little comments here and there, like the bangle bracelet and, oh, that looks like they came from my house. And at one time, Blanche got married at some hall. And then B was like, isn't it great that I'm revealing my new company and the place that my best friend got married? Like that little bullshit. I'm like, okay, that's great. But I want more of that. And then one thing I also didn't quite understand, and this is because of the writing, is Blanche makes a move on Eddie. Why? Is it because she's trying to get back at B and like, ooh, look, your relationship isn't as rosy as you think? Or look, or she's trying to get back at her is to say, you want everything I have. I'm going to show you what that feels like. So I'm going to take what you got. Or did she just like Eddie for it? Like, I don't know why Blanche made that move. And it was never explored. That could have been something to talk about. That could have been a critique, a discussion or something. It was just kind of not explored at all. And B knew that they were having a relationship. And so she, well, that's one of the reasons why she killed her was because of that. And then because she was going to blab to Eddie that she killed her mom. But, but that was, that was, or that would have been a really good discussion topic, but it was just kind of dropped. Mm-hmm. I, I really wanted more of B and Blanche in their relationship because I thought 
that was that was that was great. I thought it was really good, and it just unfortunately she didn't develop it enough. Yeah, it like started to, and we're like, okay, okay, and then I was like, all right, well, I guess that works, sort of. Yeah. How long after more- Blanche's wedding did B? Because I feel like after Blanche got married, then B needed to get married. It was like she was just trying to just be her. I don't know. Well, I think she got married. So, no. So Blanche got married. And then what happened was is then uh, B's mom, like the whole depth of B's mom happened. And so she ended up escaping to Hawaii, right, okay. for a trip because mm-hmm. she needed to have a trip somewhere. And that's where we meet Eddie. And then they have a whirlwind romance and decide to get married, like, sooner than later. And I think it's in the same hall that Blanche got married in or whatever it was and all of that. But I think it was because, you know, B was worried about Blanche kind of putting her under the wire with the fact that she killed her mom. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and that Blanche was aware that... B was having home issues and that it was still happening and all of that. And so I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I did like that trip reached out to Jane to be like, Hey, you're new to all of this. I wish I would have gotten out sooner than later, but I'm letting you know I didn't do it. And the person that you're engaged to most definitely knows and has either done it or knows what happened. And I, I liked that part because Jane was still in like her fight or flight mode where it's like, okay, well, if he did do it, then I need to get out of here. I need to take whatever I can and I need to leave. Yeah. I just, you know, I, and then I like that. Starts. I, I guess. And I guess that that should naturally come towards the end of the book where the thrilling part comes. But at that point I was just like, you don't think Eddie is going to see you going to this man's house? He he he's tracked you. He he knows mm-hmm. what you buy. He knows what you're buying at home at the Home Depot. Like, uh, just like okay, well, whatever. It was still anticlimactic. Oh, and then, yep. And his big thing about her using cash—that she shouldn't use cash. That she has to use a card, and it has to be labeled like for what she was buying and where she was buying it at. What was that for? Do you remember that? Yeah. It was because um, Eddie had purchased the hammer. And that's how he was able to, or B had purchased it. Mm -hmm. She bought it. B bought it. And I purchased it. You know, so it's like there was a way to tie it back. So he was all worried that, like, if she's taking cash out to appease Mr. John, who's trying to blackmail all them, and he really knows nothing. You know, he's like, you can't do that. Like, every, all of our money has to be accounted for somewhere. Like, we have to have a a record for it. And it's because he knew that he was under the thumb with the detectives. Okay. So. I want to talk about the ending. Before (laughs) we get to the ending. Yeah, I kind of want to talk about B's imprisonment. And, uh, so I think that. Uh, let me read my notes here. Okay. Because she never questions Eddie. She never once says, why are you keeping me here? What? I was like, why isn't she asking him? So when the big twist came, I was like, well, I wasn't shocked because she never asked any questions. It was as if she already knew why she was there. That's a, that's a, that's not good. That's not good writing. I should be fooled mm-hmm. as the reader. You should be putting out red herrings and making me look the wrong way. And, and that never happened because she never asked questions. She was only trying to bang him. And I'm like, this mm-hmm. is, and I could see if she was trying to, she was trying to like seduce him to try to get out. But then at one point mm-hmm. she says, but I love him. And I'm like, okay, is this Stockholm syndrome? I'm, I don't understand what the author's trying to tell me. And I said that so mm-hmm. many times in this book. What is the author doing here? What is she trying to tell me? What is she trying to say? And I, I, I don't, I think she just didn't know how to write it. She didn't know how to set up a character who's guilty 
but also trying to make her not seem guilty to kind of fool the reader. I just don't think Hawkins knew how to write the story. And I think that's why we have so many issues, or at least how. Well, yeah, and I mean, I totally agree, because it's the, the fact that we find out what happens, right? We find out that he decides to put her up in a panic room, which why in the world would you create a house with a panic room in it? Can I just but say why this is, is it in the attic? It's in the, it's in the attic. Okay. I guess Whatever. So. And there's only, you can only enter it unless you do something to it to be able to have the, all the doors open or whatever. Whatever. That's yeah. just stupid. Anyway, <laughs> you know, her first day there, when we see the first flashback of B being like, oh, uh, four days after Blanche or something like that, you know, and her writing it out, I did not get the fact that she was. Uh, not guilt, or sorry, that, that she was actually guilty of doing it. So Hawkins did a really good job of stating the fact that, like, B is the victim here. She has not done anything wrong or whatever, and I like that, but it didn't connect with Eddie keeping her upstairs. You know, like you were saying, it didn't connect because Eddie wasn't this... Uh, sadistic male who's like you know really he's got all these other things happening in his brain where he's trying to keep her at a certain level of like this is what's happening this is what's going on that didn't happen and it's like okay like he doesn't him not talking to her it's like okay well that maybe that's the reason why i don't know but it just didn't add up because then when they like sleep together you're like oh come on like is he still in love with her? He's wanting best of both worlds. What? But they Not never okay. they never discuss anything. There's never, mm-hmm. like you said, he, even he doesn't say, well, I'm going to kill you next. Or they didn't talk. Their days are limited. Nothing. I found a new B or nothing. something. And that whole time... Every time we go up to the attic with B, nothing important happens there except for the very end. She's writing that note to old girl. That's it. So that all mm-hmm. of that could have been information about her and Blanche or her talking about her relationship with Eddie and giving him some more depth or something. It was just her. Mm-hmm. He's not here. He brought me some some crackers and some juice and he hasn't been back in a month. And ooh, it's just the. That that was a waste. That was a waste. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, all right. That ending. That ending. That ending. So he basically has been knocked out, you know, and the women are like conspiring as to how they're going to handle everything. I did love that moment where they are like, Jane was like, we should really call the police. And Babe was like, I want a drink and we're going to sit for a second. I'm like, okay, all homegirls been holed up in that attic for months and months and months, just waiting to have a normal moment (laughs) in life. And they both sit down to like (laughs) drink about so funny. But when they go up back up the stairs, because like the fire alarm goes off and whatever, and there's that explosion and whatnot, I was like, okay. Like, Eddie knew that there was something that he, or he knew a way to exit out of the room, but he might not make it out alive. And I was like, did you plant a bomb? Was it a bomb? Was it like, I don't know. I don't know what it was. And then she exits, Jane, exits out of the house and then ends up in the hospital. And it's like, obviously, the house was burned down because there was a ginormous, like, fire explosion thing. And B is nowhere around. And all they found of Eddie was his teeth. That Which she in that knocked moment, out. That she knocked out. And I was like, you would find some human remains in that house. Bones. Something. something and the fact that there was only the teeth that she had knocked out previously 
I was like, oh, well, how did they get out? How did they get out of that? <laughs> That's what I want to know. How did they get out from being upstairs in the attic? We don't, we're not supposed to know. He knew a secret Ray, so. That only he built in because he was like, I'm the only one that knows how to get out of this room. So then am I, am I to believe that these incredibly materialistic people, B and Eddie, are like, we got free. We don't need our money. You can have it, Jane. Bye. And we'll just be in love mm-hmm. in Hawaii, broke and poor. No. 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 Because how they, how they have... Jane like set this up because there was some talk about the fact that she has to keep quiet for B. Did you get that at the ending where she was like, I know if I don't share their story, even though they're both gone quotation marks, then we'll all make it out and nobody's going to watch over us anymore. It was all so confusing because I felt like I was getting mixed signals. Like, like that Jane was aware that B escaped with Eddie. Maybe. We're not sure. Uh, but that she had to keep quiet in order to get the money. And that way she could lead the life that she wants to lead. But it's like, okay, B and Eddie, this is where I don't understand. They were both so connected to their wealth and wanting to have that wealth for them just to start off scotch-free with nothing? Did they have like a gold mine sitting up there where they're like, well, we've got our emergency stash and we're just going to hightail it out of here. And then you see maybe them in the same area. They're in the same area. Doesn't make any sense. No. I was not happy. No. And it was, was quick, happy. too. She was like, ooh. Yes! She was like, she was sat up in old girl's house for a couple weeks, and then she gets called into the lawyer, and now she's inherited millions and millions and millions of dollars. She was like, can I sell the company? He was like, yeah. She was like, bang, sold, and then I'm out. That's it? <laughs> well, and that's what's interesting, is that we, Emily takes her in from Thornfield. Yeah. And we're like, okay, well, where's the other housewives? Where are the other housewives that you've just spent multiple months gaining trust and relationships? And then she starts to then walk Emily's dog again. Like, what is that? No, you have moved on past dog walking. No. <laughs> I was not okay with that ending. I was, it was not. I was so confused. I remember I even like went back and I was like, is that really what happened? Did the, what? Did I miss something? Because I was like, okay, maybe B talked to her before the explosion. Did they just decide, like, all hands on deck, you and I are just going to go out. I'm going to change over the the names or whatever, so then that way it's all taken care of. Like, that had to have been done weeks beforehand, mm-hmm. the will. So how did that happen? She doesn't foreshadow anything, she, Hawkins. She doesn't set anything up. Nothing. That's what I'm saying. Like, that has to have time. You can't just do it. Like, if you do it the day before, usually then you're called in for questioning that you've tampered with someone's will, that it was too soon. So how was this already a thing? Was it just in case because Eddie was being followed by the detectives again and they're like, something's not adding up. So he's like, well, something happens to me if I'm able to get out of this. Like, I'm just going to get all of Jane. Because I know I can still convince Jane to help me. Is that? I'm trying to put it all together. I thought maybe he picked Jane because he knew that she was a klepto. He knew that she had a a weird, or not a weird background, but, you know, she had, you know, she, she didn't have family. And I thought maybe he purposely picked her to kind of set her up for everything. But then maybe he picked her... And then he told B and he was like, hey, we can like leave her everything and we could go away because she still loved him and he still loved her. Apparently, I, I don't know. But once again, it wasn't set up. There was no foreshadowing. There was no setup. So it's supposed to be, I'm assuming, a draw your own conclusion reader. But 
kind of like Sadie. Yeah, kind of like Sadie. We're not quite sure what happens, and so you draw, you make your own conclusion with what you think happened. But no. I'm okay with that if I know that I'm drawing it off of the things that actually make sense. Yeah. Not. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, <laughs> our. Our, well, okay, this concludes our discussion of The Wife Upstairs by Rachel Hawkins. Um, if you have not, please follow us on Instagram to see our posts as to what we are currently reading, what we're going to be reading. Really help our follower numbers go up there. Our next book is going to be Hall of Smoke by H.M. Long. This is her debut novel. Did you see that? I didn't know that. It is a debut novel. She has no other books out. So. It's adult, right? It is adult. Yeah. I believe. Cool. Yeah. I believe it. I believe it's adult. So. Super excited to read this. And we will catch you in the next podcast. Bye-bye. Bye.